Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for Sports Talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. It's time for the best in sports talk for Thursday, January the 17th. I'm D.A., and we creep closer to the AFC and NFC Championship games. And in New Orleans, what an interesting game for legacy purposes. On the one hand, you have Sean McVay at just 32 years old trying to reach the Super Bowl. On the other hand, you have one of the greatest quarterbacks of his generation, Drew Brees, which is oftentimes a guy that's overlooked because of how great Tom Brady's winning has been. How great Aaron Rodgers' singular excellence is. But Drew Brees with a second trip to a Super Bowl and perhaps a second Vince Lombardi trophy can really cement his space as one of the greatest of all time. The matchup to watch, the greatest defensive player in the league right now going up against the quarterback. That would be Aaron Donald. And as the future Hall of Famer Brees joined WWL Sports Talk in New Orleans, and had some pretty high praise for the Rams' defensive tackle. You played long enough. Is he the best defensive lineman that you've ever seen as far as his production or just winning those one-on-one battles? I know the team's double-team him, but is Aaron Donald maybe the best, uh, you know, you talk about the pass rush, the best guy you've seen or what? Yeah, he probably is. He's, he's one of those guys that I know you say, you know, if you were building a team, you know, who would you pick first? And, and and there's the argument that many people would take a quarterback first. I, I might take this guy first. <laughs> right. He's, he's, he is that dominant. He's that, yeah. he's that dominant, yeah. Drew, how much, do, how much do you guys talk about how rare, how difficult this is to get this far and, and to take advantage of it? You know, we, we've, we've talked about that a lot, you know, building up to this moment. Um, I think uh, I think now that we're here, it, it's a matter of just getting ready to go win a football game. Um, listen, we, we've played in a lot of big games, right, um, since we've been here, certainly. And even over the last two years, we've played in a lot of big games. Um, so we don't need to make this game any bigger than it is. Um, let's just play Saints football. You know, let's, let's focus on all the things that got us here, um, all the preparation that allowed us to put together, you know, one of the best records in football and put ourselves in a position to be the one seed and, and not have an opportunity to win an NFC championship. Drew, you're 40 now. A couple of years ago, you said you feel like you, you can play till you're 45, or you want to play till you're 45. Still feel that way? Um, I feel like I could. Yeah. Now, whether I will, I don't know. You know, we'll see. But I'm I'm not too worried about that right now. I'm just focused on winning this game, and so we can we can keep moving on. What's the one thing, one constant you can always pretty much expect from a uh, Wade Phillips uh, coach defense? Uh, they're always you know very aggressive. Um, I always feel like they have great great pass rush. You know, I think that that's something that Wade Phillips has always uh, prided his defenses in um, wherever he's been. Um, and, 
They're highly aggressive. You know, they've got the pressure packages, whether they choose to use them or not. Um, you know, I think that they've, they appear to have become a bit more conservative since the last time we played them, you know, um, but uh, they're playing very well right now. Um, obviously, they're, it all starts with their front, you know, their front four or five, um, depending on how many they're rushing. And, and uh, you know, they've got some great, great pass rushers. Obviously, Aaron Donald gets a ton of attention. He should. He's probably the best player in the league. Um, but they've got some other guys that can rush the passer as well and just be disruptive. So that's, that's something we've got to have a plan for. Damn. Would you take them first? Would you start a franchise with Donald? The argument that many people would take a quarterback first, I might take this guy first. I think you have to start a franchise with a quarterback, and you would probably start it with Patrick Mahomes because of how huge quarterbacking and passing is in today's NFL. But in terms of defensive standouts, in terms of cornerstone defensive players, Breeze is right. There is no peer to Aaron Donald in how he can single-handedly change a game and the matchup of Breeze back to pass and Donald trying to chase him down, collapse the pocket, and stop the future Hall of Famer from throwing darts all over the Superdome is absolutely one of the most fascinating matchups to watch coming up on Sunday in the NFC Championship game. <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah. In the AFC Championship game, of course, we've got this tremendous matchup of Mahomes versus Brady and Bill Belichick versus Andy Reid. What's interesting is that earlier in the season, these two teams played a thriller. It was a tie ball game with just three minutes to play when Patrick Mahomes broke open a 73-yard touchdown bomb to Tyreek Hill. But the Patriots came back and won that game on a last-second field goal by Steven Guskowski. Bob Ryan has covered the entirety of this Patriots dynasty. He's a legendary sports columnist for the Boston Globe. And he says the big takeaway from the Chiefs that he saw once they played in Foxborough earlier in the season was, we're on that level. He joined the Sports Junkies on 106.7 The Fan in D.C. Let's listen in. These teams are each better than they were. And, I, you know, that my takeaway from that game, which was back on October 14th during the World Series, is that uh, uh, the Chiefs, yeah, they lost, but they went away thinking, we can beat these guys. Mm-hmm. We know we can beat these guys, and, and, I, and I think that's the attitude they'll take in the Sunday's game. Yeah, what concerns you about the Chiefs? Just the home oh, field uh, The number one concern, other than the fact that the quarterback is, is, is a borderline ridiculous, he's like a personal video game and, 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 and makes plays out of nothing, and, and, and you know you get him out of pocket, and then he's more dangerous than he's in, and, and, and all that, and the fact he can beat Patriots. Two 75-yard touchdown receptions. And and uh, yeah, he he's ridiculously scary and and uh, and I know that we uh, Williams has done done okay uh, uh, and of course Kelsey has taken over from Gronk as the premier pass catching tight end. I know Kettles had more catches, but I think if you put them all in the open market today, the, the number one tight end uh, would be uh, would be Kelsey. Does does Andy Reid have to win a Super Bowl to get in the Hall of Fame? That's you know that's going to depend on who those thirty six people are whenever his name first comes up, and uh, that that'll be then. Uh, I would say it would sure help if he does. There won't be any issue. Right. If he doesn't, there'll be an issue. You know, shouldn't be an issue. Uh, I think I think his body of work is is is, is uh, good enough to warrant being in there. Bob, you touched on Gronk there. How many effective years do you think he has left? How much shelf life in Gronk? Because the injuries seem like we could be point. seeing. You know, he he flirted with retirement last year, and and if we believe the story that he was going to be traded to the Lions, 
and he told them uh, flat out, he, uh, he told Belichick flat out, if, if you trade me, I'm, I'm retiring. Uh, I, if you could believe that, and, I, and based on what we saw from him this year, I do believe that. It's conceivable that if, you, if they lose on Sunday, that could be the last time you'll see Rob Gronkowski play football. Wow. Is he still enjoying it? Does he still have sort of that same I, joy I on his face? I think he's frustrated. The body is he's beaten up, and he's had three back surgeries. He's had uh, ankle uh, every time he goes out there, uh, some DB, little DB that can't tackle him, legally, you know, appropriately, will might go for his knees. Uh, I think he's, I think he's beaten down. Now you mentioned the blocking. I'm glad you did. He was a tremendous blocker last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was very instrumental with that offensive line, with in that offensive line that, that enabled uh, uh, Michelle to have the big day he had. Uh, he can still do that, and he did have that one signature Gronk play that you alluded to. He caught the ball and dragged half of America ten yards down the field. Right. That's the old Gronk. And, and but he used to be able to do that all game long, and it seems that maybe he's got one of those day in him. Right, uh, Tom. I, I didn't realize this. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was reported, but I didn't realize it. He was dealing with an MCL strain for four or five weeks. There is that. Is that accurate? Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, you know, we we never know. Hey, wait. You're talking about the Patriots. Right. You're talking about trying to find out information. Right. Uh, it, now you're talking about finding out the Patriots, finding out information about the most important player. Right. Uh, uh, you, you know, we, we find out a lot of things after the fact around here. If there is a best case scenario for the Chiefs, this is it. Having played the Patriots early in the season and nearly beating them, and so knowing you can, but not being overly satisfied because you already have. And then that was in Foxborough, this one being at Arrowhead Stadium, where you play better and the Patriots play way worse on the road. Defensive end Mike DeVito has an interesting perspective on both sides of this game. He grew up in Massachusetts, played his college football at Maine. He ended up playing a couple of years in Kansas City for the Chiefs. Just how lonely is he as a Chiefs fan in New England? Let's scan the dial over to Bob Fesco and Josh Klingler on 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. What is the confidence level from Patriot fans up there? How are they feeling this week? It's incredibly confident, which is so funny. I've, I've been arguing with everybody that the big, you know, the big statistic now is Tom Brady's 13 and two in inclement weather, and uh, this is a team that's been there. You know, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and I, under, I understand that confidence, uh, but at the same time. You look at what Kansas City's done and offensively what they've done. One statistic that I couldn't believe was there was 26, over 26 points in every game this season. Um, I mean, that's just an incredible feat to, to see that as an offense. And then to couple that with how the defense has been playing as a boy, uh, I don't know, again, I don't know if they're just nervous and trying to talk themselves into, you know, to, to uh, being confident about this game. Uh, but they've certainly, they certainly seem very confident up here, uh, and at the same time, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of pawn up, uh, a little bit thrown off as to why, uh, because they're they're going into an incredibly hostile territory with a team that is firing on all cylinders um, and in all phases of the game, um, and so, you know, again, they're they're certainly confident. I've gotten into a, a ton of arguments, but. Uh, uh, but we'll see. We'll see Sunday. Are you like just rolling around in Chiefs gear, just yelling at people up there in Maine? He's sitting on a chair in the front lawn, yelling at people. <laughs> I'm the only. I tell you, I'm the only guy head to toe in Chiefs gear. Literally every day, every day. And I, I can't. Are you? The, are you? Know, the... One reason is because uh, you know I'm trying to rad people and get them all fired up, and the other reason is because man, I wish I was still playing. 
it's like, oh, I wonder if I could have done three more years. Like, could I have been there? Like, why did I retire, you know? So are you, are you like the only Chiefs fan in New England or in Maine, or, or, or are there other people that kind of come out of the war and like, hey, I'm a Chiefs fan too? Yeah, I I don't I think I'm the only one that I that I've met so far. Uh, I know a couple Chiefs fans out in KC that are originally from from Maine, uh, but are living out in KC now. But I think I'm the only one out here, uh, as far as I know. But that you know that's one benefit to being six three, three hundred pounds is. You know, people will rag you a little bit, but they usually don't push you too far. <laughs> Talking with Mike DeVito, former chief here on 610 Sports Radio. You mentioned you played these guys 13 times in your career. That's a long time playing against the mm. same team. You prepared for those guys for 13 times. What makes the Patriots so hard to beat? You know, the, the one thing that you have to give them credit for is they, they very rarely shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, they very rarely make mistakes, and... Generally speaking, they come out in all three phases. Normally, play at a at a, at a high level, so it's 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 hard to take you know to, to take advantage of you know okay their defense not playing well, their offense not playing well. They're really consistent. Generally speaking, not as much this year maybe, but generally speaking, they they're consistent in all three phases, and then they don't make a lot of mistakes, and they capitalize on your mistakes. And I'm trying to think back to what the statistic was when I was in New York, but when they were plus one in the turnover category. It was, you know, some crazy statistic for them winning. But then when they lost in the turnover category, uh, it was exponentially the other way. Um, so, again, they, they, they really take advantage of, of your mistakes. If you, you know, you can't have penalties, you can't have turnovers. Things like that have to be, you know, you have to be tightened up, which, which Kansas City has done a, a great job all year of. Um, so I don't expect that to be a problem. Uh, but, they, they really do take advantage of, of your mistakes and make you pay for it, and they, on, in turn, don't make a lot of mistakes. You could just imagine the cat calls from the neighbors. I saw your cow with the flag of the Chiefs on it. Take off that Mahomes jersey, you traitor. They're certainly confident. Traitor. Traitor. Goal, Pats. That's one benefit to being 6'3", 300 pounds is, you know, people will rag you a little bit, but they usually don't push you too far. In New York, everybody's been talking about Adam Gase and that kooky press conference that he gave a couple of days ago. But now under the radar is the hiring of Greg Williams, the former head coach of the Cleveland Browns, ends up now as the D.C. of the New York Jets. Bart Scott played for the New York Jets, and Bart speaks his mind. And when Bart really gets emotional about something, it's impossible not to listen on CMB, Chris, Maggie, and Bart on WFAN Radio in New York, Bart went where only Bart can go. He loves the Williams hire and is talking about beating men into submission and taking their soul. We all understand that you, know, you don't leave this game the, the way the same way that you come in, but it's the guy that's willing to take the you know to pay the pay the price. You know, and you find out about yourself, especially at the linebacker position, inside those tackles, right? Because that's what a grown man play. We saw last week the Chargers didn't want no smoke. You know, you got to be willing to take some, to give some, and you got to be willing to get knocked out to knock somebody out. And I was always willing to do that. And I see the same thing in Jamal. And that's why I love the addition of Greg Williams because he has that same philosophy. Listen, you might come in here and you might beat us, but you're going to limp out at whatever stadium, whatever arena we're playing in. And that's the mentality that I always enjoyed, you know, playing for defenses or teams that were defensive minded because I was around a bunch of guys that thought just like me that, you know, when we stepped on that field, this was a fight. Clear up a misconception here. 
people see Greg Williams, they watch Hard Knocks, yeah. they think this guy's just a complete hard ass, all that stuff, and at some point he's going to tick somebody off as far as the players are concerned. You don't think so? I don't think so. I, I love the mentality that he brings. And sometimes his mentality, because he's so aggressive and you know he wants to win and he wants to win a certain way. Like, that's what great defensive coaches do. They want to win a certain way. They want to beat and take your soul. They want, to, they, want to, they want you to give up. It's nothing like stepping on a football field and beating a man into submission because we're all made equally, right? But it's decisions that we make that says it's, it's worth more to me than it is to you, and I'm willing to break my arm. I'm willing to take a concussion. I'm willing to get contusions. To break your will, and it's nothing like it. That's why I love – I hate the fact that it's not fullbacks anymore because I used to enjoy going in a hole and taking their soul, taking their offensive guard's soul because they like – could you imagine being a 240-pound linebacker and this guy's 340, the Willie Colones of the world. I snatched his soul a couple of times. He knows it. When they come around and they think that they have the advantage – and they say, how can this 240-pound anybody do this to me? It's not supposed to happen. It's because it means more. It's like when you see boxers, right, and they're punching, they're throwing punches, and you see a guy that just goes flat-footed and say, no, I'm going to take yours, and I'm going to give some because I think I can give more than you can take, and I can take more than you can give. I don't know if you want to run into a wall right now, but I want to run into a wall. Bart talking about... Beating a man into submission. You got to be willing to get knocked out to knock somebody out. Bart saying that he's willing to break his arm, that he loved taking on fullbacks because he wanted to go in there and enjoy taking their soul. Taking their offensive guard's soul. I mean, that is why Bart was the ultimate teammate, and that is why when you listen to him talk football, there's just nothing like it. They want to beat and take your soul. Can you get away with that anymore? I mean, can Greg Williams go into a locker room and ask his guys to take somebody's soul? Does that work anymore with this generation of football players? Does it work to ask them, are you willing to break your arm? I feel like most of them now be like, eh, my arm's worth too much money, man. Coach, I ain't doing that. If I get them, I get them. You know. That's the defensive side of things. How about the offensive side of things? Mike Leach built up a Big 12 power at Texas Tech and had a lot of success there with the Red Raiders. He left, and then Cliff Kingsbury came in. It wasn't nearly the same success. Kingsbury ended up going 16 games under 500 in his Big 12 coaching career, but somehow landed the head coaching job of the Arizona Cardinals. So let's listen in to Ben and Skin on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas as they welcome on Mike Leach and ask him his honest thoughts about Kingsbury's potential in the NFL. And even better, Mike Leach, who will never lie to you, he has never been asked a question he won't answer honestly, talks about stupid and ridiculous college football coaches. How do you think uh, Cliff Kingsbury is going to do in the NFL as head coach of the Arizona Cardinals? You know, that's difficult to say. Uh, you know, I, I, I wish Cliff the very best, and I want Cliff to do the very best he possibly can. And, and I'm a big fan of Cliff. And, and of course, uh, also I think he's very brilliant on offense. Had they, they, you know, they had some tough times at times at Texas Tech. But, you know, I, I wish him the best and hope it uh, turns out uh, real well for him, you know. 
Coach, do you have uh, – you've obviously done a lot at the college level. Do you have a desire to be a, a pro offensive coordinator or head coach in, in the you NFL? Know, uh, yeah, I kind of I worry about where I'm at. I'm really happy where I'm at at Washington State, and I think we're doing a lot of really good things there. And then, um, uh, you know, and I think we're going to have a heck of a season next year, so I'm looking forward to that. We've got a lot of great players to coach and – that type of thing. So at any rate, uh, uh, no, I think, uh, uh, but you know, yeah, the thing, the biggest thing is, is it's difficult to say because you know, all those situations are so different. I mean, in the NFL, it's so dependent on, you know, the owner and his support, the GM and his support. Well, it's just, it's, it's obvious to us and so many people around football, you're one of the most brilliant minds in the game. And, we're just fascinated by this idea that, uh, you know, it seems like there seems to be some of this in the NFL that, oh, you can't run the college system in the NFL. It just won't work. You know, these athletes are too good. You can't do that. And I've seen some quotes from you talking about that. And I'm fascinated to get your take. Do you, how do you feel about that when you see NFL or get that sense that NFL folks are saying, oh, no, you can't run that here in the NFL. That only works well, think, in college. Think about, think about how ridiculous that is. Think about how ridiculous that is. I mean, and they say that all the time. I mean, they, they, and, and I think it's more scouts and media that follow them than it is coaches. I haven't heard a lot of out of, out of coaches, but that, that that's ridiculous at every level. I mean, I mean, we we constantly us and, and the NFL and everyone else have, have borrowed from 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 high school uh, to college to the NFL and vice versa, and they act like somehow there's some special knowledge. I've actually seen guys. Um, in the NFL, who I considered, and I won't name any names, who I considered relatively stupid college coaches, um, then go to the NFL and then sanctimoniously think that they know or understand something that the rest of us can't perceive. And, um, and you know, they've been in the NFL like a year and a half, and all of a sudden just their knowledge base raised so so high and yet you know they're an idiot before they're an idiot now and they'll be an idiot afterwards you know and um uh so no i mean it, it's mind-numbing i mean you know it's like uh well you can't do this in the nfl because the defensive ends are like this oh, okay so that means that i have what a third college offensive lineman you know i have anthony Mills or somebody out there just knocking your defensive ends head off so um you know, you know, can't do this, can't do that. And the other thing is, is the last two uh, Super Bowls that the New England Patriots were in, they evidently didn't get the memo because uh, they ran a ton of air raid concepts, and so the teams they played, the Eagles did, and then uh, and then uh, the Falcons did too. So, um, you know, these guys that say that ought to make sure that they're getting word to some of the more successful teams in their league. And, uh, no, I think it's a bunch of people that don't know what they're doing that are just trying to impress their friends and be sanctimonious around their friends and pretend that somehow they're special and they know something that their friends don't. And, of course, it's as ridiculous now as it was in grade school. So that's what I think. Well, two things there. I think Mike Leach saying it's tough to say about whether Kingsbury is going to have success in the NFL says a lot. You know, that's difficult to say. Uh, By not saying anything 
and then just by saying he's a very good coach but not really predicting whether he'll have success, knowing that Mike Leach is honest to a fault, I think he thinks there's some significant questions about Kingsbury's ability to get it done at the next level considering there's significant questions about whether he can get it done at the college level. Suddenly that's going to go out the door and he's going to be a great NFL coach. I don't see it. I think Mike Leach agrees. Also, how great is it to hear a head coach talk about people that say you can't run a certain offense from college to the NFL? You know, they're an idiot before, they're an idiot now, and they'll be an idiot afterwards. Mike Leach never parsing any words. And finally, basketball. In Atlanta, it's a down season. They're going to be in the lottery. They're out of the playoff picture in the East. But there's something to build on. Trey Young, sharpshooter, earlier in the season had 35 points against Cleveland. He's also scored a combined 50 points over his last two games. Trey Young is averaging 16 per game with seven assists. He was drafted fifth overall by the Atlanta Hawks. So there's a lot of pressure on him to be a franchise guy. But even more so because the Hawks were actually at number three. They trade out of that slot in last June's draft to the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavs want to jump up to number three to get Slovenian sensation Luka Doncic. And Doncic has looked amazing this year. Let's spin the dial over to 92.9 The Game in Atlanta as Rick and John welcome Trey on the show. Obviously, you and Luka Doncic are tied together because of the draft night trade. And a lot of the national pundits are lauding Dallas for how great they've done. Do you hear any of that conversation about the comparisons with you and Luca? And what do you think about it if you do? Uh, yeah, I mean, I know that's going to be something that's tied to between me and him for a long time, uh, probably to the end of our careers. But, uh, I, mean, I mean, you can't really miss it. Uh, he's on ESPN every day, talking about it all the time. And, I mean, deservedly so. I mean, he's been playing really well this year. Uh, but at the same time, I don't really focus – on, on what he's doing or what Dallas is doing, all I can focus on is, I mean, how I can improve and, um, I mean, help this team win and help this franchise get to to where it should be and where it needs to be. And so that's all I focus on. And, um, I mean, we're both at the, I mean, around the bottom of our conferences, so we're at the similar similar mark when it comes to that. Well, look, man, you guys are chopping wood. You're starting to win some games, starting to turn the corner a little bit, and uh, we're all watching Trey, and we're all pulling for you guys. Trey, Saturday night at uh, State Farm Arena, the Celtics and Kyrie Irving coming in here. I'm not going to ask you about the apology to LeBron and blah, blah, blah. What I want to ask you is, does he have the best handles in the world? Does he? Uh, uh, He's definitely up there. Uh, There's a few guys that could be in that conversation. He's definitely, I mean, top three for sure. Where are you in that conversation? Top three. <laughs> yeah, my man! So it's you, it's Kyrie Irving, and can I throw Steph Curry in there as well? Or Yeah, yeah, you can throw someone else like Steph or uh, Kimba. Uh, there's someone, that, someone else can fill that spot. Now, we can't have James Harden because he travels too damn much. I'll say it. I don't need you to say it. We all watch it. What he's doing right now is amazing. I want to ask you real quick. You came in the league as a three-point shooter. Everybody knew the way that you could shoot the three. The three ball hasn't fallen for you like you've wanted so far, although you're getting better as time progresses. How much work extra are you putting in um, You know, at the Hawks facility right now, getting up more jump shots every day? I'm definitely um, making that a priority, making an, an effort to – put in more more work um, because that's not who I am and I've always been able to hit shots and this isn't this is 
this is kind of new to me, not not being able to knock down shots. And so uh, just putting in more work. And, uh, I mean, the numbers are uh, steadily increasing, and that's, that's all I can focus on is just how I can get better each and every day. Man, they're going to be linked forever. And it would be awesome if they both end up being all-stars. It would be awesome if they both end up being franchise guys. But Luka looks like the real deal superstar right from Jump Street. And Trey has had a very good rookie season. But Doncic has just blown away everybody in the NBA by looking like a veteran right off the bat. And why wouldn't he? He was playing with pros in the EuroLeague. He was the EuroLeague MVP. He wasn't playing in college. He wasn't playing with guys that wouldn't play professionally. He was playing in professional basketball already. So Doncic looking this great makes the Mavericks look like geniuses and puts a lot of pressure on everybody else who was drafted above or swapped for the pick like Trey Young. One day closer to the AFC and NFC Championship games, deciding who will play in Super Bowl 53. What's the best of sports talk for tomorrow? We'll check it out then. We'll see you Friday, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.